Yeah. What's up, man? Not much. What's up with you? Man, I'm a big man. Man, I started thinking earlier today, man, I don't know about to make it or not, man. I don't know if I like all day. Maybe it's because I'm just getting job practice. Just more customers. Now nah, we we, uh, we had after, I mean with high school, but you know with the junior high, we supposed to, we have it uh, on uh, Mondays and Thursdays, but it's canceled now because of the heat. Oh yeah, I haven't been practicing because of the heat. Yeah, man, it's crazy, man. I mean, it, yeah, it's super. Like growing up, like when when you when you was playing football, like was do you ever have any issues like that? Like I mean, yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm. What forty one? So I graduated high school in two thousand. So my 49. last high school, you know, so my last high school football season was ninety nine. High school right. football season. Um, and my high school coach, like we said last week, was my father in law. It's kind of old school. Yeah. So we did the full blown two days and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I grew up in New Orleans, so it was, yeah. you know. We would try and go early in the morning, and then the then that second practice would be kind of late in the afternoon. Um, but it still was hot. I mean, it's New Orleans, so I mean, it's always right. hot. It's always humid. Um, first couple games of the year, we always kind of did a lot, a lot similar to what they do here in Oklahoma. Kind of have those built-in water breaks halfway through quarters and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, still. And even when I was in college uh, in Alabama, in Alabama, um, I mean, it still was hot. We still did two a day, stuff like that. I remember the first couple. Now, obviously, college you got taken care of a little bit better, right? Um, so we had IV tents and all that kind of stuff in between practices. Wait, hold on, you got IV tents, bro? Uh-huh. Like going there to get IV? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, if you if you needed to, like I would um, think I needed one. I I, mean, I did it once or twice, but like I said, I mean, play quarterback, you kind of get. Babied a little, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but my college, my college roommate Chip Long, when we were talking about this coach at Notre Dame, is at Louisville now. He used to get cramps and and he played tight end uh, when we were in college and kind of inside receiver, tight end, kind of slash H back. Um, he always needed them. He usually would have them. He usually get them at halftime. Probably those first two or three weeks, right? Because uh, he would cramp real bad. A couple of our skilled guys, big guys, really didn't didn't need him that much, and I never did. But yeah, um, it was always super hot, of course, right? Because I mean, in New Orleans, it's always hot. Yeah, I mean, you got the humidity down there. And I mean, Alabama. I mean, we were in North Alabama, but still, at the end of the day, it's still kind of the South. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they took care of us as as, as best they could, but I mean. When I was at North Alabama, we didn't have an indoor facility or any of that stuff. I mean, I know now all the big schools, when you get to college and stuff, sometimes they'll, if it's this hot, they'll move it indoors to the indoor facilities and things like that and kind of take care of players a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, players, not that player safety wasn't an issue back then because it always has been an issue, but I mean, we, it wasn't talked about as much. And I mean, and, and all that kind of stuff like it is now too it's just so, kind of the eye test oh he don't look good yeah yeah, yeah you know like <laughs> oh he fell out let's yank yeah. him off or whatever else the case may be um so yeah I mean but yeah now I, I don't ever remember it being 110 for 10 straight days or whatever it is going I mean, on it's now it's mean, it's been crazy now, yeah like we was talking about that a little bit today about like some schools uh who didn't coach uh Coach White said something like, he said, I think it was like, no, it wasn't Coach White, it's Castro. He said, uh, I think he said Midwest City was starting practice at 5 o'clock in the morning now. 
Wow. I mean, I get it. I mean, I saw um, Cash. I saw Cash had a post the other day, and I was talking to their play-by-play guy, Billy Palmer, um, for SN, and I I saw that they were pushing practice back till six or seven, right? um, To kind of stay out of it. Things. I mean, that's the thing too. A lot of schools now have that have that uh, field turf, and I mean that stuff just radiates heat, right? Um, So I mean, if it's one. 105, 110, let's say. I mean, all that turf on that field turf stuff, it's probably 125. Right. Um, so, I mean, that makes it a little bit rougher, too. Um, right. On the kids and things like that. So, but I don't ever remember being this hot for this long. Right. And I mean, 16, 17, 18 year old kid, you don't care. No. I mean, you're hot, but I mean, you know how that is. You're Man, you, young just, you just know, yeah. <laughs> It's up to the adults because if the kids are up to it, I mean, they'll sit out there and play all day. Yeah, it's like being hot on the flight line in Iraq, you know what I mean? Or Afghanistan, or in Iraq, definitely, you know what I mean? It's hot as shit out there. Right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of the same thing on the, on the astral turf, Doug. It's yeah. harder as shit. Right. It's just, yeah, I mean, I'm, the, all those little black pellets and all that kind of stuff, I mean, all that just radiates heat. And right. Heat doesn't really, it just absorbs the heat. So it just kind of steams right on through it and. Yeah, like I said, I'm on all those things. I mean, you're looking at 125, probably, I would say 10 to 15 degrees higher. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, even next Friday. I mean, and I saw a bunch of teams this week um, push back their kicks to eight. Yeah. Um, so I think MacArthur's doing that tomorrow. MacArthur actually plays tomorrow night. I think their kick is now at eight rather than seven to give it a little bit more time. Right. So that way the sun can go down and get out of there and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I hadn't heard about if we're going to do that for September 1st or not yet, but I don't know what the next week's weather holds either. Yeah. I don't know, man. What do you, do you think? You think it's going to be like a new future, like for now on with the weather and stuff like that? I don't know. I mean, I'm no scientist. I'm no weather person. I mean, I'd like to have the job because you can, you can be wrong a lot. Yeah. <laughs> You can get away with it. You can get away with it. Every time you watch the news, like, uh, tornado warning. Right, right. Oh, it's going to rain. It's uh, going to rain. Um, That's so, a good job, man. Yeah, you can you can kind of be be wrong a decent amount. And, like I mean, people get mad at you. Don't get me wrong, but uh, hey, dog, 50-50 is good. Good. Hey, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I love rolling the die. Yeah, insurance. Like, ah, I don't think it's going to be covered, but we'll see. <laughs> if you was if you was head coach right now of a football team. When would you rather practice with the heat going on right now? I'd probably keep it the same. Yeah. Just so I mean, football's such a routine type environment, and that's the way coaches like it. So, I mean, you deviate from that plan with 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. I mean, then you don't know if they're all there. and So, I would like to just get it done right after school's over. I mean, I know it's hot, but hey – Look, guys, it's hot. Maybe cut it down some. I mean, the one thing that Elgin has that's that's that will help us hopefully this year is a lot of experience. So you yeah. got a bunch of experienced kids. Like, they already kind of know what they're doing. You're not doing a bunch of install and stuff like that. So, hey, give me a good solid hour, hour and 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and let's get this thing knocked out. I know it's hot, but let's fight through it and get it over with. Yeah. Um, would probably be... Now, I mean, I guess it also depends in the, on on the team you got. Like I said, for Elgin, maybe it's easier because you got a bunch of kids to turn. If you got right. 
A, and we don't have a game this week. I mean, next week, you know, a lot of teams have a week zero game. So, I mean, you're preparing for your first game of the year. And if you got a bunch of new kids, a bunch of kids that you're trying, you got some position battles and things like that. I mean, it, hey, we might have to practice a little bit longer. So, let's, you know, change those times, whether we do it in the morning or we do it um, and we push it back a little. The problem I see with pushing it back is you – you know, you got three or four hours in between school and practice, and there's a lot of things that can happen in those two or three hours with a 16, 17 year old kid. Yeah, man. Kids I mean, sometimes it's hard for kids to, you know, get back. I mean, depending on the home situation, things like that. I mean, are they going to be able to make it back? Or, you know, you're going to have to run around and go pick up a bunch of kids to get them back. And so, I mean, if you can keep it as routine as possible, I would, I would do everything in my power to keep it normal. Um, but then, like I said, I mean, if if you see on a, on Monday if the, all the kids are dragging and you think that it's in your best interest, I mean, you gotta adapt, right? Man, I don't know, man. I, I feel like you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, it'd be great is an indoor practice facility. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, anybody out there that's listening has a couple million dollars to donate hey, to? Up, yeah. Man. Um, we can, yeah, we can, we can, we can get that in place. Um, yeah, because those things are great. I mean, for weather, I mean, for not only just the heat, but also snow, ice, wind, you know, rain. Uh, you just go inside and you're able to get a full practice in. I mean, some coaches do like every now and then if it does rain, do like to get a couple rain practices in because you never know you on a to. Friday. Um, right. One thing that's changed too, I mean, about those rain games is not as bad as it used to be now because so many schools have the field turf. Right. Um, rain's really not that big of a factor because back in the day, I mean, when you had a rain game, I mean, the biggest issue was the mud, not necessarily right. the 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 wetness. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit difficult to to hold a wet ball and throw a wet ball and some of that type of stuff. But when it's wet and muddy, I mean, you have no idea. Uh, so now you kind of eliminate the mud, and it's not quite as yeah as bad. Um, but the groundskeeper hated that back in the day. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you would tear. I mean, if it was a rainy Friday, I mean, it would take everything in the power to get the thing, you know, ready for next week. Yeah, we so in New Orleans we didn't have a home field. There was not a a, a lot of schools played at one kind of community field called Tad Gormley Stadium. Um, New Orleans is is a big city, but it's in a it's a small infrastructure for a big city. Right. So a lot of schools did not have their own separate stadium. So a lot of my high school games are actually played on Saturdays because really? of, you know, they kind of, you know, you had seven or eight teams that had to play in that one stadium. But it had actually, so what the Saints always did was they would pass along the turf. When the turf was two or three years old, it would get passed along to Tag Gormley. So I always played on turf um, really? in high school. Um, that was the old school AstroTurf, so it wasn't like, as nice as that field turf is now. So how does that work if it's reused? Though they just peel it up. They just peel it, yeah. I and mean, they would just, yeah. The dome would pe- the dome peels up that their field a decent amount because they have, you know, when the final four comes, um, when concerts comes, things yeah. like that. So they just kind of roll that up. So after two or three years of use, it would it would get repurposed and it would come to tag normally. But I remember when we would play. Um, um, Rain games, it used to be fun as heck. Um, I mean, it would suck to play in the rain and try to throw the ball and right. all that kind of stuff. But when you would get tackled, I mean, 
this is the old school astroturf. So it was like, you would just hide your plane for like 30 yards. So if it was like third and four, if you fell like two yards short, you might get the first down by like 12 yards if you had, if right. you had the wrong rep. Right. Um, but yeah, you can get tackled. You'd hide your plane on that stuff for yeah. a good 10 or 15 yards. Man, I, I never, I've never played on, on, on turf dog, never. Uh, you know, I just grew up playing on grass. Man. Yeah, I played on turf all through high school until I got uh, until I got to to college. Both both at Central Arkansas and North Alabama, they were they were um, grass fields. Um, but uh, when I was there, they ultimately changed um, down the road. But a lot of teams, a lot of teams, when we started to get that field turf, right. kind of my last couple of years of college, uh, so it made it uh, it. The field turf's a lot different, and I, yeah, it, it, yeah it's a, the AstroTurf was just <laughs> your old school grandmother's, yeah, you know, dining room carpet. Basically, was right. what that was. Yeah. Uh, well, that field turf is basically grass to a certain degree, with, but all the rubber pellets and stuff like that in it. So it was interesting to, to see. What's up, Chief? How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. So, uh, how about you? So Jerry Williams just showed up. Here to talk some mouth football with us. Uh, Jared, since you just showed up, let's just go ahead and explain who you are, what you do for the football, and uh, kind of go from there, and then we'll just jump back into the conversation. I, I, you know, I really don't know how to describe what I do. I just try to be a person that <laughs> if there's something that needs to be done, right. that's what I try to do. Um, growing up in Elgin and, and seeing the struggles of Elgin football, and, you know, there for a while we had a lot of changeover in coaches, and, Something struck me growing up and listening to that and something my parents taught me, you know, if, if we see people tearing coaches down, kids will never buy in. And yeah. so I've, I've always viewed that as a, a challenge that we should support our coaches. And I'm not going to say I agree with everything the coaches do. And if I, if I do disagree with them, right. that should be between me and them, not between me and my son and them. No, because our kids look to us as leadership first as and in the home. And so I, I believe that just supporting our coaches – uh, you know, to their face, to the public, having their back, and then getting that buy-in. And I think that's what we're seeing in Elgin right now is some buy-in from the kids. We have the community buying in, and it's amazing that you can have happen when people buy in and believe. And that's how you go eight and three off the of four and six season. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. What did uh, you think about Bethany? I'm sorry? What did you think about the scrimmage? I thought it looked good. I thought that we have some pretty good strengths. We knew that we're coming, but I also saw some things that are coachable. And I think that's what you want to see in a scrimmage is you yeah, want to yeah. see some things that leaves the coach's room to be able to come back and, and keep the kids hungry. And I think that we saw that. Yeah. But not that those are negatives, but um, there's always room for improvement. And I think that's what we saw. We saw some conditioning issues, yeah. I think, which I think is expected early in the season. And everybody's going to be dealing with heat issues. as we <laughs> Heat bubble over our head, but... Um, I think we saw a great effort. Um, I think we saw our coaches continue to coach. One of the, my, my favorite things, the whole scrimmage, I believe it was the JV kids that were going or the ninth grade team. And um, Coach Baker was pretty upset yes. with some effort. And he brought them over and uh, he didn't cuss them, but he yelled at them. And I think that's important today. Yeah. we got to have that good, hard coaching. And then he finished it with my most favorite thing, but I love you guys. Yeah. Right. And, and get back out there. And those, those kids know that. And that's something we see in all of our Elgin coaches that love and passion for yeah. our kids. You're going to coach them hard, but love them harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as the scrimmage goes, things like that, I mean, the one thing that I saw, I mean, that I've seen a little bit of the film, wasn't up there, but talked talk to Coach Wyatt and then saw some of the film and things like that. I mean, 
we came out healthy, which was yeah. the most important part, especially for all your starters and kids that have been there for a while. Except made some mistakes, but coachable mistakes. Right. You want to see them then rather than week one yeah. or week four when it, when things really get going. Um, but then also saw some flashes of what we're, we're capable of. I mean, and then on top of it too, I mean, not, I think, I think I saw, I think coach Wyatt said maybe nine different kids scored. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that just kind of shows that it's no longer a one man show or it's no longer, you know, we got, if this one gets shut down, we're done. Um, so, I mean, I think all that went well. Um, and like I said, the most important thing is they came out of there healthy. Um, so I would expect this week, you're not going to probably see some of the, you know, kind of some fine tune some couple things, see if they learn from those mistakes that were coachable. Um, but you'll probably see a lot more of the younger kids to figure out who's going to be those next men up. You know, if somebody right. get some of the some of the older kids get hurt or things like that. Um, so, I mean, I think I think it went well. I think it was kind of what we expected. Like I said, knew we need some conditioning, but I think everybody's at that stage right now. And and uh, like I said, still encouraged. And I think it's going to be a fun ride for the rest of the yeah. year, but based upon what what we saw and and what we anticipate. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, one thing uh, I got to agree with Jared too. That was my favorite part of the scrimmage too. I happened to walk up. I was walking up on that conversation, uh, listening to what Coach Baker was talking about, and back in you know at the end of the day, it was just uh, not everybody was hustling to the ball. And Coach Baker made a point said, "This is not our football. That's not how we play. That's not right. how this defense plays." And uh, you know, I was getting goosebumps listening to him. You know, well, I was I like, mean, put me in, coach. Let's do this. If your emphasis is on creating more turnovers, and that's the biggest thing that supposedly the defense has worked on all offseason and all rallying to the football and doing those things is a big component of that. Because if right. you're not hustling to the ball and that ball comes out, then you're not going to fall on top of it. So, I mean, that it's all, like I said, but ending it with the I love you is how yeah. they mostly all – end yeah um and that just shows what we talked about last week i mean how how much they care about the kids and how much the kids care about them and how it's just kind of one big family um and and it's exciting and fun to be around because we talked about this a little i mean it's good coaches good parents and good kids (laughs) i mean that makes and then they turn out to be a good team right which a all that is the reason why they are a good team but that makes it more fun kind of as an outsider to to be a part of and to and to grow with. Um, that makes it cool. I think you just made an interesting statement, and I hear this a lot. We hear people say outsiders. I, I don't know that Elgin is outsiders. I mean, we're Elgin, and I think that's something yeah. that we're seeing our kids embrace. So there, there's no doubt there's some people who, who aren't from here. Right. Or, and maybe the people who are from here that still have that us and them. And uh, I, I think it's safe to say I'm from here. I am third generation. My, my <laughs> gra- both my grandparents are here. My parents are here. My wife's parents are here. And I, I just want to say we welcome everybody to Elgin. And I think that's important. The more we see our team and community embrace that, the more we're going to be a tight-knit community that, that I did grow up loving in 2A Elgin and and, yeah. and and loving that. But we can still have that same school spirit and community spirit, and we don't have to say somebody's an outsider anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So uh, I know you said two A just made me think of it, and I was gonna bring this up. But uh, so Bethany, they was two A state champs in two thousand three. They're what now four A? They're pretty yeah. They're four A. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were in the same district as them yeah, two years two ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Um, and they're they're still in the four A district. Pretty tough to four A district. And yeah. I think that's 
That's really one of the things that I think our kids helped us last year is they were battle tested in that 4A district yeah. that they were in. Right. When you when you look at the 4A teams they were playing, you had Clinton, you had Weatherford, yeah. you had Elk City, who Elk City was a very similar situation as Elgin was two years before that. They went over two years in a row, and then they came in, um, I think my son's freshman year, and they, they put it on us. And uh, the most, some of the best compliments and best advice we got was from their radio team up in the booth, and they said, you guys hang on. We didn't lose a single kid off of two 0-10 teams. Yeah. And they turned it around, and they're a state contender. Made yeah. a state championship yeah, against Clinton. Yeah, they state championship last year. And yeah. so I, I think that is something that we, we didn't do that. We had kids that were battle-tested. Yeah. They played against those style of teams. There's a nucleus of this team that's been together for a long time, and I think we're seeing the rewards of that, of, of good parents that allow little league coaches do what they need to do, and then we turn them over to the best coaching staff in Oklahoma. Talk about the, kind of going back to that. Talk about that. It's like some, I mean, because I know I've seen pictures on on things stuff like that. I mean, when did the, some of these kids start playing together? The uh, when you look at the senior class and junior class, yeah. and, and and really you can look at the ones younger than that too because it was happening behind them. But um, if you look at Lund, you look at uh, Peyton Christensen. Um, they were some of our older kids, and, and I say our older kids. Right. Ryan Donnelly was our head coach. <laughs> um, he he taught me into assisting. We we brought Jace out. He, Jace, I think Colin started and Shay started their uh, kindergarten year. Okay, Jace, um, I wouldn't let him play until he could get in a stance, and I didn't have to help him up <laughs> off the ground. And, um, I got tired of soccer, and so we worked on that really hard. <laughs> and I'm not a soccer guy. I let, soccer's a good sport. It's just not the you made the a good family sport. You made a good choice, Teresa. I'm sorry. And so uh, we, I joined in when Jace was in first grade, mm-hmm. and you got George Tadnipa that's in there. Um, Trace came out a year or two later, and, and and Curtis stood on the sidelines for a year or two, and and he figured out that I was not an offensive coordinator, <laughs> and we we finally got him out, and and we just saw these kids grow. Together and then you we add in the uh, the crab trees. Yeah, you add in Hunter uh, Smith, Hunter Jackson. Yeah, um, I'm gonna leave a few off, and I'm gonna yeah, no, 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 parents yeah. upset, but you add in um, Kobe Morton, and you just talk about a group of kids that pulled together. Um, I would I'm gonna say they lost less than five games in little league all the way through. Um, that I've seen kids that they knew how to win, and that was something different for Elgin. They they never were out of anything. Um, Ryan Donnelly is probably the best motivational coach I've seen. 100%. Obviously, he's the biggest, Elgin's biggest fan, yeah. but we, we had hard laps. And that at the end of practice, we'd run them, and we ran them like that we were ran. When Coach Hitt was our <laughs> offensive line coach, and when Ryan and I played together, and then when you, not hard laps, pride laps. Ryan would run those kids in a pride lap after the game or after practice. So it may be one, it may be three, it may be five. And, and I think he built something in them that they don't quit. Yeah. They, right. they, there is no quit in any of those kids. I, mean, I look at Colin, and, and I know how well, um, how much tape was holding him together last season. Yeah. And and, yeah. The, and playing with pain and, and giving it all for that team. Like I look at Trace Laura, who's been reading an offense since he was a, <laughs> a third grader and has a, probably a higher football IQ than any of us in this room, except maybe you. <laughs> but, but he is a, a coach on that field. Yeah. and. Um, you know, when Curtis started coaching with us, I mean, it, it was such a, a a cool thing to have. Man, it was a high school coach for a while. Right now, he's a principal, right. and these kids, they're running the same foundation offense. Yep. That that's where I think this continuity has come, and then it caught on the rest of the little league teams. And we we came from a time our little league was 
a little disorganized. They had lots of different colors, lots of different team names. We bought, brought something back that was brought here in the 80s by Coach August Dietz when he came in. Okay. Um, it, we were with the Elgin Owls, and he brought in the War Owls in. We brought the War Owls back to Little League, something to bring back a little bit of pride in what's going on. And um, we kicked all the other colors out, and we went back to foundation colors of Elgin, red, white. We threw a little black in there because there's nothing wrong with a little black right. in, in there. And, um, and we brought some, we restored some pride, and then – some things that came in when Coach Flowers was here, which was my high school coach, and um, he ended up retiring out of Texas, and he's living back in Oklahoma now. There, there's a little AKA swagger walking around the yeah, hallways, yeah. and and we're seeing some of that again. And it's it's really some Let's, pride coming back into our kids. Well, and that's how you build a program, right? Um, I mean, when you when you when you start from, I mean, my my wife's the first and second grade cheerleading coach now, right? Um, but. They're for all the little league guys. Their game first games are going to be this Saturday. I mean, when you see them play, I mean, like you said, they're running the same offense. You know, Coach Rowell's coaching the first and second grade team, and you know he's a varsity coach, and 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 also the wrestling coach. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of the stuff that Coach White's teaching the seniors are starting to get implemented as early as first grade. Yeah, and when that happens, you build a program that might not necessarily be the same exact name of the play but when those kids are seventh eighth grade ninth grade starting to look and smell i'm going to be practicing with the big boys now all of a sudden they know the foundation they know what's expected of them first of all but then also oh this is the same play i've been running since i'm you know in first grade and it makes it a whole lot easier and it makes the whole next man up if somebody gets hurt yeah a whole lot easier and that's why you saw success from the Brody Morrisons or you know the fre- those kids that were freshmen I mean you know Brody Morrison and Rich and I or some of those guys I mean was because I mean I know they kind of moved in later but I mean it was because of there was already a foundation set and those kids that are moving up now um, from those seventh and eighth grade teams. I mean, they run the same offense, they run the same defense, they're doing things that are expected of the varsity kids. So when they get there, it's not shock and awe. It's, you know, okay, this is football. They're just a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit faster, right. but it's the same thing I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you start building a program, and that's when you start becoming successful. Because, um, yeah, when you, when you have a fractioned – Type deal, and oh, this little league coach is running, you know, spread, and this one's running triple option. Yeah. Then you know, that's just just you're you're asking for trouble. Well, one thing that you know, coaching the little league, uh, I also coached Ron Donnelly. He uh, with, with Brody. Uh, so it was uh, I, my sixth grade year, uh, coaching sixth grade. You know, Brody was there, Ron was there. And we just you know we just try to keep it as similar as we could. Plus we had a uh, Maddox Miller on the team, so we had the movies helping us coach. Uh, that was the year I broke my leg. <laughs> so uh, I was riding my son's dirt bike of all things. It was like a 90cc or something, broke my leg, horrible idea. But anyways, uh, just, just kind of built, like you said, foundation going from there. You know I mean? Justin Roderick, he was the team under me. He started picking up on some of it. And same thing was kind of, hey, running for the high school. Let's get them set up for what they're doing in the future. Now, you know, uh, they're running some of the defensive play that we run for the high school. You know what I mean? So what's that translate to? When they come into seventh grade, we can convert, uh, we can progress a little faster. You know what I mean? So let's start teaching them some different stunts and go from there. Well, you brought up something great. I don't know if it was last week or just with us hanging out and things like that, that Coach Wyatt met with all 
of the coaches. Yeah, I mean, so that's also telling those young coaches, the, the guys that are coaching the younger, right. the younger kids, like he's bought in too. Right. Um, you know, he's not. You know, I mean, I know he's from here and things like that, and this is home, but he's bought in. He's bought into the future of the program as well. So it's not just. I don't care about y'all. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a high school coach, I and mean, y'all do whatever the hell y'all want. The things like that. So right. when that goes on, that shows a that he means well, and he means and that he's going to be here for potentially a long haul. But it also means that he's bought in and and, and right. knows that that is how you build a program and things like that. That's his future. At the end of the day, that is what it is. You know what I mean? I, I think we ought to mention a couple other kids. I, I don't want to be that guy that left them out. <laughs> So I got my picture. I mean, Adam Eaton. You talk about a kid who had a, a tremendous off season and right. probably the the biggest growth um, <laughs> height and um, and physical. Um, I think that he looks like he is going to be a force to be dealt with yeah. this year. Going to play some tight end. He's going to play some tight end and, and uh, maybe release some 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 Jack and and Shay on the outside there at the defensive end spot. I mean, they are really really like you said. I don't know what the growth spurt was, but he. I went to practice the other day, and, I mean, I didn't recognize the kid and was like, who is that? Yeah, in um, great family. Yeah. Uh, you know, mom and dad are good people. They've been with us all the way through Little League. And I'm just excited for Adam and to see what he can do because he's yeah. always that kid that he's very athletic, very fast. They came to us from Alaska. Dad was military. And we, we, we yeah. teased him about him um, running on, on the icebergs up there. <laughs> he was a cross-country runner originally when he got here. Wow. We we brought him into football and uh, really really proud to see Adam grow and then yeah I think he I think he can provide something different from that tight end spot and then I think if he can progress too that'll also help Andre and Colin out on the defensive side of the right. ball so they can rest some on, on offense because you need the, both of those guys on the defensive side of the ball yeah they help a ton on offense don't get me wrong but. We need, especially Colin. You right. absolutely, one hundred percent, need him every single play on defense, just about. Um, so that could help keep Colin kind of fresh throughout the entire game and things like that. I think another one, Tristan Kephart, you know, he provides some good depth on the offensive yeah. line, and he was with us all the way back in little league. His mom Amber brought him in, and just just really good kids. And I look back on that little league. I talked about the coaches, but we had some parents that. They just let us do what we needed to do. And, right. and we – I had a little bit of college experience. Obviously, we had Curtis there. And the best motivator around is our head coach. And so, um, we didn't coach them like little kids. We coached them like we were right. getting ready to play high school and college football. And those kids bought into that. And I think – I mean, if you look at um, – A, I think we had the best offensive line coach, offensive coordinator around. Yeah. But they, I think they were taught some fundamental things back then that, that Coach Castro had been able to build on and – um, you know, there was a lot of people that always complain about holding, but you ain't holding if you ain't getting called. <laughs> and they, they learned that at a young age. And we put our hands on the That's steering the wheel. Goes, and, there's holding on every single play. You just got to find it. They put their hands on the steering wheel, and they've been driving people for a long time. And, um, and it's just fun to see these kids mature into who they are and, and watching Shay, watching Jace, yeah. and Colin, um, Trace. I mean, it's, it's just a blast yeah. to know that, you know, we had a little piece of that, but really – we didn't have a big piece. Those kids, that talent's there, and that, those kids are earning that every day by working hard. Right. One of the things that uh, that that I like about you, and I talked about it with you a little bit, is like your future, like not your future, your past here. You're being from Elgin and stuff. Can you talk about maybe some of the, the the big changes you've noticed in football now versus the past, even starting from when you played? 
You know what I mean? Uh, we were 2A yeah. whenever I played. And, uh, you know, we were playing Hobart. We were going to Mangum. We were <laughs> lots of small towns around here. And, um, you know, Apache was always a big rivalry game for us. Apache. Apache, okay. they, uh, they weren't in the same district. They were Class A. But you'd always start the season off with an Apache. And Cash was small like us like then. It's always good to beat a Bulldog. And, right. um, you know, we got to beat the Warriors week one. But we always look forward <laughs> to, to week two with Cash coming up. But, you know, I just look back to the, the old field house, yeah. um, the the bleachers, and, and thinking about the, the hours put in on that field, uh, looking back at where the, the practice field used to be. We have a beautiful high school where, where we run, would go to practice, and, and thinking about that and then transitioning and having the ability. Coach Hitt was here. Coach Flowers, our head coach. Miles Thompson was the defensive coordinator. Coach Abbott, who's over at Cash yeah. now, came yeah. in uh, my senior year, and, and just having a group of guys – um, Keith Mullins, um, he's retired now. He's our he was an assistant and his baseball coach, and all these guys that just to me that invested in us and kind of brought Elgin into where it was and saw some success after I graduated and they made the playoff for a year or two and you had Donnelly and them and you had um, uh, oh shoot Bailey Blue as a quarterback. I mean that Brian Bagley, his son Hudson's going to probably see some time this yep. year as a freshman. We're seeing that investment from the people that invested then. And now we're starting to see that second and third okay. generation of football. And I think that's one of the things Eldon's been missing is we had no history. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we had none of that. And so now that, you know, my dad graduated here in 73, there was no football. We didn't get football till the, the early eighties. And so I'm the first person to play football at Elgin, play football in my family. And now my son's in second generation and, and, and seeing and building something at Elgin. And I think that's, that's important to seeing that build and and then you transition to uh, having the school administration that supports us like it does. Yeah. Look at the facilities we have, the new field house and uh, the turf. You know, a lot of people were against turf whenever it came in, and, and that just that lack of understanding of what it, the need was. When you start looking, we have a sixth grade or seventh grade team, eighth grade team, a freshman team, a JV, and a varsity. There's as many as five and six games a week on that. Then you bring our band in. We have one of the best bands in, in Oklahoma, yeah. not just Southwest Oklahoma. Yeah. They deserve time to get out there and practice yeah. their craft on that. We have soccer being offered now. Yeah. A grass field can't survive under those conditions. No. And so it, it wasn't any more of a, a want. It was a true need for us to be successful, for all those kids <coughs> excuse me, to be successful. So I think seeing that, um, you know, obviously we all laugh and joke. We got our first stoplight, but – you know, we're a five A high school still and I think in a two A town. And our town's yeah. growing yeah. and um, you know, but I think that's one of the things we struggle a little bit is supporting a team the way that a, a larger community would. And uh, and I'm not sitting here begging for money as a booster club president, but there's a different fundraising levels that people are able to accomplish in larger communities when you're playing against the Midwest City. We're right. playing against the Carlisle. Right. You're playing against these yeah. Chickasha and Anadarko when you start looking at the town size right. versus Elgin. So uh, we have our challenges, but I think we also have our advantages of our community, that close knit that pulls together. And you better get there early if you're going to get a seat on Friday night because it's going to fill up. <laughs> it's yeah. going to fill up quick. But no, I get that. Being a State Farm agent and things like that, I mean, we travel around the state with other State Farm agents and things like that. We have, we have state meetings and regional meetings and things. And so over the years, a lot of them have known that I do this, do the football stuff and do the commentating stuff and things. And so there's some other guys that are State Farm agents that also do it. The the Elk City guy's son is going to be a senior this year. He's the sideline reporter for them and some other people like that. So 
you know, they we start talking about things and they're like, how is Elgin? I mean, I've been to Elgin. How are they a 5A school now? And you're like, right. well, you know, the population of the school kind of dictates all that type of stuff. But yeah, like you said, we are a town. If you come here, would never think that we could we can handle that. And, that, and I think we're I think the town is growing. Obviously, it is and for us to be now a five A school. But I mean, right. like you said, I mean the fundraising side of things. I mean, once I think it helps a ton to that. And we talked about this. I don't think I don't know if we talked about it last week, but we talked about this during on air a couple couple games last year. I mean, you're talking about an administrator that's an old coach. You know, superintendent's kind of an old an old sports guy. Principal's an old football coach. I mean, all the, the AD, obviously, most of the time athletic director, has some sort of ties to sports. But all those guys are also bought in to right. the athletic side of things. Obviously, we're a great school, too, and a great school system. So, I mean, school, all that comes first. Right. But at the end of the day, you also have some guys that are bought in that want to see – Football succeed, baseball succeed, basketball succeed, and all that kind of stuff as well. So that kind of ties in, and I know Coach White and I have talked about it multiple times. I mean, he's working for you know a principal who was his coach. He's right. working for Mraz, who he's known you know since he's he's a kid and knows that he he's a sports kind of guy. So you know he doesn't have to necessarily explain himself when he says. We need new, you know. We need new shoots. We need new, you know, some of that type of stuff. They understand right. like some of the importance of that stuff. So I mean, that goes a long way, and that's part of the buy-in um, that we've kind of been talking about so far this week. No, I think I mean that's one of the the big things I I love about Elgin is is it's uh it got a small town feel to it, right? But mm-hmm. we are five A. You know what I mean? Because I come from a small town. Coming here in Elgin feels like a small town to me, but. Man, it's a it's a five A school, you know. And when we showed last year, come moving the football. I mean, we did it with wrestling, we did it with football. You know, we we made a statement last year. You know what I mean? We didn't get what we wanted in football, but we definitely made a damn statement. You know, took, I mean? took a big step ahead. Yeah, and for yeah. a lot of us that have been looking at it, kind of felt it might have been a year early. And I don't want to diminish no, to I our would kids agree. last year, but I would agree. You know, this is the year to me. I've had circled for a while. This is that little league team that we knew we had good stuff coming behind us to help. But this is that. This was our up year when we were in Little League. Yeah, we had this group of kids together. I would agree with you. I mean, coming in, you you saw the Traces and Jaces and all those guys play a lot as freshmen. So you're like, you know, I mean, okay, now this year they're moving up to five A. Okay, it's gonna be a little bit tougher. But we talked about that a little bit preseason last year. This was a, this is a good five A district. Don't get me wrong, but that four A district that they were in might be top to bottom the toughest district in the entire state. When you're talking about the Elk Cities, the Clintons, the Weatherfords, the Caches, the Elgins, and all that kind of, and then Bethany got joined in there at one right. point as well. So, okay, yeah, they were battle tested as freshmen in that big old forward, and then you start looking at it and you go, okay, yeah, Midwest City is up there, Mac is up there. Right. But some of those El Reno, some of those guys that were kind of in that bottom tier, you were like, they would, they they might have been five and six in that four A district. So you kind of thought, okay, I mean, we we may have a chance here to get. I mean, I know talking to some people prior to the season last year, okay, we can maybe get to that four. Mm-hmm. We can maybe get in there, and like I said, so that's why I think the games out there, you service the game, go okay. I think we can maybe get to that four, and then like I said, everybody's freshmen, sophomores, and then they're or juniors, and they're going to move up. Yeah, you know, yada yada yada. But so I think it did happen a little bit a year early. That's why, like I said, it's super exciting this year with the experience that they had two years ago and being four and six or whatever that number was. 
to now getting eight and three, and now they've got a taste of that Guthrie. And I know a lot of talking to a lot of kids, that's an ugly taste. Um, so they don't right. want it to end there anymore. And I mean, OSN had their coaches show last night, and one of the, I mean, the best answer of the whole night. So they asked. I think it was Trey Crabtree. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it or not. He asked what game what you, games you have circled on the schedule. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, y'all had a tough loss at Noble. You had the Guthrie deal. You know, MacArthur was a crazy win. And he said December 3rd. And Eric Sherham was said December 3rd. And had to think about it for a mm-hmm. second. And that's the state championship day. Yeah. And I mean, so that's where their mindset is. And yeah, the old football, you know, every week is, you know, every week is the next most important. That that answer was probably the best answer other than potentially maybe saying September first, because that was the first game. And Eric kind of played that and said, Don't don't give me that September first game. But for but for him to A Mentally know that date. Obviously, it's been discussed throughout. So now we know what they're working towards and what their goals are. And that's part of the reason 85, 95% of the kids didn't miss a day. You know, had had ridiculous attendance for the off-season program. And Trace Lord didn't miss a day. And all that, you know, that shows where their mindset is and where – the coach's mindset is as well for the kids to follow that. Uh, and that's exciting. Uh, that's, right. that's, that's super exciting because a 17 year old kid is going to say cash because that's the big, you know, or we lost a noble, so I don't noble. Um, well, for, because it was such a, because fun it was such game, a crazy game and things like that or Midwest city because, yeah. you know, we, bear, but for him to go to that extent, it was like, okay. And like, didn't bat an eye about it. It wasn't just, you know, like, ha, ha, ha. It was full focused, you know. And then they asked him another question about, you know, the offense and this, that, and the other and being a receiver. And, he's, and he answered it like a seasoned pro of, very, very if I'm covered, answers. yeah, if I'm covered, then that means Mike's open and Trick's right. got to get the ball to Mike. And we're all cool with that because we all love each other. And, we, you know, we've all known each other since we're yep. six years old. So, I mean, that, that to me was kind of like – Okay, there. You know, we can say bought in and all this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, if you're going to sit there in front of a mic and say all that kind of stuff, I mean, you truly are, in right. my opinion. Uh, so that was that was really really cool to see and listen to. Now that was awesome that uh, that you brought that up because at the end of practice today, when Chalmers was talking to the, uh, the football players, he brought that up and he said that gave me chills when he said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I text Charlie right after. It was like this is that was unbelievable. The best answer of the night, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm with it, bro." (laughs) You know, Um, I I think that's that's one thing about this bunch. They are special, and you know, and I don't want to set them up for too much success or too much failure, but they're not going to be remembered by that last game, whether it is a win or a loss. Right? You know, there's every team starts out that is the same goal. And when you look at the caliber of kids that this group is, um, you know, we haven't talked about Keith Ferguson much in there, but Keith didn't play Little League with us, but he's been here with us the whole time and, you know, kind of figured football out late in eighth grade. He comes in and starts freshman, starts as a freshman. And I, I remember laughing about Keith going, he's starting as a freshman. He's still really trying to figure out how to put his pads on. And, you know, it, <laughs> well, I mean, it's no different than but that's, Solo. Yeah, that I mean, is the, that's the group of kids. And that's why I say, 
I, I hope we are there, and I think they definitely have the ability to be there, but that won't define this group of kids, but the, the character that they have. But going back to Keith, if you guys didn't do what you potentially did in that group coming up, Keith would never went for football. I, you know, yeah, what I'm and that's what the Keith I, is with us all the way through, and right. But I don't think baseball it, and t-ball and coach pitch, and, right. But I don't yeah. think I don't think if, if that the nucleus that wasn't nucleus there, wasn't there to, I don't think he would have stepped into that. And that goes that shows. And I mean, like 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 White said, Coach White said last night. I mean, at a solo. I mean, he was walking around the hallways, and you know, y'all don't have a soccer team, no. But I got something yeah. to do during the fall, <laughs> you know. And now he's turned out to be, you know, a, a great receiver and a great guy. He's, he's the corner. The catch. Yeah, the catch. <laughs> yes. Uh, you brought that up. One thing I want to talk to you all about is, is uh, and if it's the same team for each, it doesn't matter, or, or same game, uh, what's one of your most memorable games for last year? The game, game that stood, stood out to you the most for whatever I'm, I'm going to say um, Ardmore. Ardmore. To me, Ardmore was when I, I – I remember walking around, you know, I get to – I get to be the guy that gets crazy and everybody hears him at the game. <laughs> I go back and listen to the game afterwards. I get to hear your video channel. But I remember sitting there during the game watching Ardmore going, what is going on? Yep. And 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 knowing, looking back at that schedule, really, you know, we got a chance to make the playoffs. And, and walking down on the field and, and finding Coach Castro, finding Coach Wyatt, and just asking him what just happened. And, and I remember talking to, to Coach Rowell afterwards. He goes, Jared, you should have seen the locker room. He said, it was different. I've never seen our locker room like that. They were locked in. They were focused. He said, all of us as coaches were like, something's fixing to happen. And, and it did. And, I, and I, to me, it was Ardmore. That was the one that I don't know if it – I think the belief was in the locker room. And, and here I am as a dad. And I don't know that I was believing where I should. Right. But after Ardmore, I, I believed anything was possible. Yeah. Um, but that's a program that is – it's well-respected around the state. Um, they had a, a D1 quarterback. And and our kids went out there and and uh, he he didn't shine real well. No. And and our defense played Coach Baker coming back and uh, and I love Coach Grigg. I can I still talk to him up in the in Shiloh. But Coach Baker coming back and what he's brought to the defense and um, just that edge that they have and, and the buy-in and and then you know that it's just complimented Coach Castro with what they're doing and I just think you saw to me everything firing at Ardmore. And and I just saw them move forward from that, and you know, and, and again, I think it'd be easy. You know, you can you can talk about it's always good to beat Cash, to catch it, Mac, and but Ardmore to me was a turning point. That may have been my favorite game last season. Yeah. Mine was um, Ardmore was great, and Ardmore was kind of like, okay, are we for real? Um, but I think mine ultimately was Duncan. Um, there was just something different about that one. Um, and I don't know what it was. I mean, Duncan was supposed to be pretty good. I mean, Ardmore had had a lot of success and things like that. But Ardmore the week before had, I don't know if they lost to maybe Weatherford or something like yeah, they, that. They were, down. They, they were down a little. And so there were some questions. Yeah, Weatherford was kind of what I – mean, there were several games throughout the whole deep. Weatherford was like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? Because, I mean, Weatherford's, you know, a big power and all that kind of stuff. And then Ardmore rolled in and, like I said, then you kind of looked back at it and said, okay, well, we beat the heck out of Weatherford. Ardmore, you know, had to beat him maybe with a two-point conversion, something crazy. And then Duncan rolled in. Um, and I think Duncan might have been homecoming or 
so, or it was, something. Yeah, it was a bigger game. It was, um, it was a main game. And, uh, and that's when it was like, okay, we're, yeah, we're, we've got a chance now because the way that the schedule was lining up and some things like that, that one I think maybe almost guaranteed that, because like I said, going into the season, it was, you got a tough stretch at the end. Maybe we can get into that four spot. Um, like I said, didn't know Coach Wyatt, didn't know outside, you know, yeah, I lived here, but you know, I did cash before, had known some Elgin, things like that. So looking at the schedule, looking at some things, talking to some, you know, guys that say they know a lot about about what was going to happen. So, hey, you guys may be able to get to that four spot if, you know, Laura comes along and Lund runs like he has in the past, some of that type of stuff. So that one was like, okay, hey, we're – we're beyond this four spot now. We got a chance to go get the whole thing because right. some other things had happened earlier in the year where Mac had maybe slipped up to somebody that we had beat pretty good. So it was like, okay, I, we can we can contend with Mac and Midwest City. Yeah, we'll we'll see. That's the last game of the year. So let's get us there. So I think to me, I think it was the Duncan one where we did. And here's why Duncan to me, other than than the Ardmore, Ardmore was great. But Ardmore, we played out of our minds. Duncan, we didn't play very good and still beat them fairly handily. They they learned to dig deep that game. Yeah. And really beg and and crawl back into it. Yeah, they beg and crawl back into it and really didn't play that good and then ultimately pulled away (laughs) towards the end where it was like, okay, they have the comeback in them. They have the fortitude, I guess you could say, or whatnot. And then – we're winning and we're not even playing our best ball. Right. You know, I mean, up until that point, we had basically played almost flawlessly. Um, and then all of a sudden, we played a not very good game, if you look back at it. And I remember going to Coach White's house after the game and being like, and both of us, you know, kind of going, that was, that was not pretty, but we won and we won pretty good against a pretty darn good football team. Right. And that's when it was kind of like, we we got a chance and we're we're good to go. Yeah. Uh, and then even the noble one, the noble was a loss. But I mean, noble was playing out of their mind that night. That receiver was doing things that he probably never did again. <laughs> right, that were ridiculous. <laughs> and we played by far our worst game of the year. And four minutes left in the game, we're going down, getting ready to tie the thing. Yeah, so right. that, like I said, sucked that we lost. Don't get me wrong. But that game, too, also was like we didn't do anything right that holds our game. But we were in it until basically a minute and a half, two minutes left in the game. Right. And, and again, that was a good football team that we were contending against. So those two were kind of eye-openers to me. We yeah. probably don't want to rehash the whole season, but I like Del Reno also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, when you, when you look at that, I think it, we walked into that game expecting – Hey, we're doing. We're up. We're yeah. gonna win. But I think the in in hindsight, that win was a much better win than we realized. The more it went on, they because because Reno ended up. Ended we up talked about that last week. Yes, getting back into the thing. Like I said, leaving that game, it was like, yeah, we should have won. Yeah, that. we, we should have won that. Yeah. No big deal. And then, like I said, kind of seeing the end results of kind of the way everything happened. Right. And yeah, and El Reno playing their way into that into one of those playoff spots. I mean, like I said, yeah, that was. Yeah. I think my biggest one is kind of. 
It's, it was a it was a great game, the Mac game. Obviously, that that was my biggest one. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. There, there was a like I was. I mean, I was just having a bad. Depends where you're standing. Yeah, for Jason, I was worried. For Jace, not necessarily yeah. too. We kind yeah. of talked about that a little last week. Yeah, that was a tough one for Jace. But uh, for me personally, it was a good game. I was just kind of in a funk personally. You know what I mean? And then uh, you know after. You know, watching that game, the catch was a big deal. You know, just the excitement, the crowd, you know. And then pretty much, I mean, shortly after that, I don't know if you remember, Jared, but that's, you know, the, that's when I got saved, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much. And then, uh, you know, I got baptized a week later after that. You know, I was just, I was just having a bad time. and just, I was just in a rough patch. And then, uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, you know, talking about, you know, talking to God, you know, give me a sign, you know, whatever. I'm not saying it's all related, but <laughs> to me at the time it was. I'm sitting there in the stands, watched it, and I was like, he got it, he got it, you know. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know, it just kind of picked me up. It was a lift me up I needed at that time. Then I can remember uh, the the day uh, the day I got saved, I talked to Jesse, which just a little background, me, me and Jared and Jesse. Uh, Jared does the announcing. Uh, and uh, it's me and Jesse up there running the clock uh, and the play clock. And uh, so we just kind of, I've been working with them for a little bit. And then uh, just, you know, I went to church that day. Uh, just me went by myself. And then, you know, I was like, man, this is, that's, you know, just, I went. And then as soon as I was done, I went to the, the field house and I seen the high school coaches there. And uh, it's like, yeah, man, I just, I just got saved, man. You know, and there's, and, and uh, Chalmers looked at me and said, did you really? Like, it was, it was just kind of a weird thing to come in, you know, and I get it. You right. You know what I mean? And he's like, did you? <laughs> I said, yeah, I really did. He said, you know, welcome to the family. Yeah, Congratulations. You know? And I think the coaches and Coach Ralph touched on a little bit about that locker room, what it looked like. Uh, that's what that's what Derek looked like Sunday coming into church. <laughs> I think he knew he was on a mission coming into church that day. Yeah. I mean, because it was we, we sat together a lot or near yeah. each other, and and you could see him. I mean, there was there was a focus and intent uh, that that day at church, and it, it was it was cool. Yeah, man. I, man, that game. Know. Yeah, that game is. That one speaks for itself. I mean, obviously, you got way different reasons, and that's a, yeah. that's that's about as good as it gets there. But but on the football side of things, I mean, like I said, that game was a microcosm of the entire season, right? Um, of the fight, of you know, the willingness to come back, and things like that, and. I mean, yeah. Then at the end, I mean, just okay. So outside we all of the lost, catch, we all lost. What was your kid outside of the catch? What was your favorite play of that game? My one, my and we talked about this last week. I mean, yeah. nobody really talks about that. The fourth down catch yeah. by Mike. And uh, I heard that on the curl. On the curl. Yeah, uh, that one was absolutely huge. Um, I think there Trace's, was several, t- Trace's touchdown run. Trace's yeah, touchdown the, run, the, the kinda, one before that, yeah. and it just kind of it, it said we're back, we're here, and we're you know all the momentum at that point. And the one great thing about that game was, and we talk about oh we're a small community and this that and the other. We were we had more people there probably than Mac did. Yes, even though it was in Lawton. And then when we did that, so where we are, we're right above all the Mac stands. So I can directly see Elgin losing their shit. (laughs) And I can directly see below me, and this is, I'm talking about Trace's touchdown at this point, directly below me, I can see MacArthur basically die. Yeah. 
Um, and then we're in, in the booth next to us is the because uh, MacArthur Snow is in school too. In the booth next to us, Eric Sharam is play by play guy and he runs basically the area. Jay Burke, you know, he's also so I'm knocking on the and the best the worst part about it is too. Um, uh, what's the what's the brothers that played at Swasu that played at Elgin a couple years ago? What's the last centers? Uh, I can't think of their last name. Bolt, no. There's two brothers. Wasn't there two brothers? No, I think you're thinking uh, he's coaching at Mac now, basketball. Okay, who's that? Um, Braden. No, no, no. It's no. A, it was an offensive lineman from Elgin from like the Renshaw day, maybe. There's several of them at Snoo okay. that were brothers. Um, no. Okay, so what, their computer guy is an Elgin kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm remiss that I that I can't think of his name right now, um, and, I, and I hate that I can't. So I run over because they're running back and forth. So we're directly next to you. So every now and then they run over. And Eric is Eric kind of told me that you're like, oh, five A is going to be tough for you guys, you know. Yeah. But when I was like, hey, look, I'm going back to Elgin because I'm I want to go home. My kids go to school there. I mean, Cash has been fun. I had a great relationship with Coach Frank Griffin and all that kind of stuff. But I said. And he was like, well, y'all go to 5A now. And I mean, that, you know, that's going to be some tough games. And I was like, I get it. It is what it is. You know, right. I, I'm going. So in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there going, you know, you said a couple of like, 10 weeks ago, that this was going to be yeah. a tough game. You know, things like that. But he, yeah. So so he's doing the computer. And like I said, I can't. Bueller. Um, Bueller. Yeah. Um, yeah. I said, Braden is not. It, uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, Bueller. Okay, so he, yeah. So he's kind of, he looks over at me and was like, Braden. He kind of gives me the old thumbs up when I ran in there. was like, it's a game now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after, yeah. So so that, was, that, that game was just absolutely incredible. Just the way everything transpired. And then, like I said, it started to rain a little and. Uh, you and I remember, coming to, you, I remember yeah. coming to you after the game when we were waiting on the buses and things like that and being like, whoa, what are we? <laughs> yeah, some of the things I do, one of the other things I do is I, I help Ashley on the sidelines on the away games. Yeah. Um, you know, being a, a firefighter, my EMT skills, and part of that is to keep me from turning into something in a stand that I don't need to. <laughs> right. so if I'm standing on the sideline, I, I can't do right. that. So I, I find things to occupy me so I don't become that, that dad that's hovering or yelling. And so... Um, you mentioned our school administrators, and it, it, some, it is so fun to watch Curtis and Nate on the sidelines because they, they get into the game, and, and uh, Matt may have been the best one because they're three and four yards on the field farther out than some of the coaches sometimes after the scores, and they're pulling each other back. They're celebrating the wins, and when you see school administrators buying in and, and investing in the team, um, you, you know things are going well for your, your town. And that's where that came in because we interviewed Nate at halftime during that game. Um, and I think it was either in the first half or the second half. They The referees made a mistake. It was – it was there was a personal foul penalty. I believe it was either on us or them or something like that. And they marked it off from – the beginning of the run or something rather than the end of the there was they made a, a a huge mistake right coach Wyatt coach Baker all them 
kind of thought they did, but they're so focused on that situation that they weren't in tune to that. So I was in the box going, wait, 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 this ain't right, you know, whatever. But Nate and Curtis were down there absolutely losing it. And like I said, we're on the field, basically, and I was going, We're going to okay, have to get, right. a, a get back, Coach, yeah. every now and then. And, I was, have to- and I'm, going, I'm going, I'm right, I'm right, because there's no way that those two old football coaches are, are, right. are okay with this because, yeah, they, they marked it off wrong, so it pushed us to where we, had, we should have had the first down, the way that it, the way that it ended, and like I said, I mean, thinking about ten months ago, but I mean, yeah, the way that it ended or whatnot, it should have been a first down, but then they ultimately marked it off way beyond, so it made it like third and fifty something when it should have been a first down and whatever else. So yeah, and Curtis, and that was the game that we were like, okay, they're completely bought in too, yeah, and it happened to trace for those touchdown, yeah. Curtis and his I might have had that as my Facebook page for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and those guys didn't have to be in the box, so they were on like the three yard line watching it right there. So, and that's awesome to see because I mean. Like I said, I mean, Curtis being the high school principal and his yeah. kid being the quarterback, I mean, that, that's that got to be fun for him. And I mean, I know all those guys, Curtis old football guy, and he's got some sons that played too and things like that, but that's got to be an awesome kind of feeling. There, there's two boys in that team, and they're still there. And, and they, you know, I think that's the new thing where everybody's got a cricket and they make shirts. And Jason Keith, they, they love this run left. Yeah. I saw and, that. And, that, and that was kind of neat for me to get to sit back as a dad of one of them. And, when that, that game was on the line, they tucked it in behind a junior and a sophomore. Yeah. And, and and Trace was able to, to bear down. And, um, you know, mine was hurting pretty bad for multiple things, <laughs> you know, getting stomped on and yeah. then having to send his mama back up in the stands. I think she was ready to go play. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't mess with mama bear. And, right. Yeah. But, you know, to see them, to see them pull through and, and the team pull through and, there's not a bigger kid that was cheering for him than Keith. And right. that they have a special relationship. And it's going to be fun to see him uh, run left or counter right. Counter right, yeah. They, they got a shirt positive, that says yeah. that. Yeah, so. the shirt. Yeah, they, they uh, want them more to, to meet the owls. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was good stuff there. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Jared, is uh, meet the owls. What was your uh, – how do you think that went? What's your I, – I thought it was great. You know, it was our first time to do it. And I'm very cautious every day to say something's a first annual. It, you can have a first one, but it's not an annual until right. you do it twice. Yeah. And, um, you know, we uh, we didn't have a home scrimmage this year, and uh, go back two years ago, uh, water and Gatorade sales, and, and and the donations of people bringing water and Gatorade in, and uh, we love the businesses and the sport. From you know, Vince buys in and everything, and we we never have to to question that, and he's there with that. But um, you know, two years ago, three years, I guess three years ago, before we did this, that was one of our larger um, expenditures as a quarterback club is. We're spending five thousand dollars a year on buying right. drinks, and so we kind of did this out of a. Uh, uh, we didn't have a home scrimmage. Well, what can we do to have something to get people in and and kind of kick off the excitement for the season? And so we we kind of brainstormed some ideas, and Jen Meyer kind of uh, was the idea guy behind that one, or girl behind it, and um, got a great board on the Booster Club. Charlotte's the vice president, and Amy, uh, you know, with with people like Amy, Amy Underhill, her son yeah. Clay. Clay's gonna be with us. She's not. He's not even playing anymore, and she's still investing in it. That's right. when you see the club growing. Yeah. You're seeing that buy-in. So we we pulled together, and uh, uh, I'm kind of the I'm the president, but I don't do a lot of work. I got good people around <laughs> me, and I kind of make things happen whenever I need to. And so we threw that out there, and, and the community responded. We had a 
I think we raised $2,500, $3,000 that night, brought in a ton of water and Gatorade, which was, that, again, that was one of the bigger goals. And, and it's just fun seeing the community step up and buy in. You know, we had a, a, a cornhole tournament. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see another one of those bigger next time. And one of the things we're realizing as a, a quarterback club is, you know, I think we wait a little long to start our fundraising efforts. And so we're kind of moving towards a, a process of, uh, maybe doing more throughout the year versus waiting and doing it all at once. So we're hoping to see some more ideas out there like a meet the owls or, or, or different things like that. And then the other side is it's fun for the community to get together and have a way to kind of kick the school year back off. I know right. we didn't want to interfere with the, the Ags ice cream social. They do a, a great job having an ice cream social and didn't want to really play into that too much and and so we, we tried to create something that was different. We didn't want to be on rodeo weekend, and Elgin Rodeo is a big thing. So we have a lot of great things happening in Elgin, and that's what we were looking at, trying to enhance that. And I think the kids enjoyed it. The community enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll see it again next year for the second annual <laughs> Meet the Owls. So, yeah, uh, I think it turned out great. I mean, the way – yeah, I mean, because like I said, I mean, there wasn't – and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there was much – prep time to it to a certain degree um and for that amount of people and that amount of money to be raised just shows the buy-in of of the community and 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 like i said i mean there were there were a ton of people there and everybody seemed to have fun and the kids had fun i mean that's i mean that's also plays into it that's the one thing that i do love about this team and i go back to it a lot of times is the kids are good kids right um because I remember doing some of those things in college and even my high school team. I I went to a private school in New Orleans, a lot of everybody kind of goes to private schools and things like that. So it's not as much of a community feel like you have in some of these small towns um, in Oklahoma and Texas and some of that type of stuff. Cause you go to a private school. So it, it's a little bit different. It's not a public school. It's not the town that you're related to and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes you lose some of that stuff. So I, Looking back on it, if I if my high school would have had to do something like that, or my college team, I know of about fifty or sixty kids on the team that have been like sunglasses on. Why the hell are we here? Right. This is, you know, this is you know, yada yada yada. But looking back on it and thinking of Jace running around with some little kids, you know, tossing the football with 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 five and six year old kids, and and Trace doing some things, you know, just just and not just to point out those kids, but I mean all the kids. None of them were there. None of them were there thinking, I'm too cool for this. Um, and that that's a pretty cool feeling, too. And that's part of the, I'm glad that I'm associated with this type of community and things like that. Because looking back on it, I, yeah, if there was things that we went to even when I was in college that, you know, that the school hosted or the community hosted, things like that. And I'm, I would leave those things going, God, I can't believe my teammates are such Jackass, <laughs> you know, yeah, mandatory, but, mandatory good time, right? Right, <laughs> you know, um, and 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 so that's that's the cool part, but I mean, that also talks about what Coach White's doing, what the parents are doing, and you know, and that ultimately leads to good kids. Um, and and when good kids have success, that's even more fun, yeah. It's cool, yeah, it's cool. Everybody wants their kids to be good kids, but right, if they're good kids, and then they lose, lose every game, game then it kind of Sucks, but I mean that, what, that's cool. What I like about it too is, is like a you brought up Jace while ago carrying some kid around or whatever. But I, I like about that when it, the the older kids, the high school kids, 
you know, talking to the younger kids. That's what they look up to. Like, oh, yeah. When me and Jared talked about wrestling before, like, I can tell a kid to do anything a million times. High schooler tell him one time, he's like, oh, really? Yeah, right. yeah, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? But it's good for them to look after them type of people, you know? Yeah. Good grades, stuff like that. Colin Donnelly, he showed the fourth, fourth hour practice today. Uh, just the kids seeing him. You could, t- you could see the... Yeah, oh, what's, oh, Colin, oh, what's Colin doing here? Right, yeah. right. You know, it's it's a it's it's a good it's something it's something special. I really I really do think it is because you know a lot of times in you know in schools you got the kids that look up to older kids, but the older kids may not be like you said a while ago. They may not, may not be good kids. They may be looking up to them for the wrong reasons. But now we got kids that are that are good kids and they are successful. And so what are the kids going to do? They're going to look up to that. You know, oh, you stay out of trouble, right? You play good football. You're good at school. I'm gonna. That's that's the that's the that's the route to go. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't blame Charles Barkley for back in the day saying I'm not a role model, right? Because I mean, you know, just because I'm good at sports doesn't mean I'm a good person. Doesn't mean I'm a doesn't mean that I'm a role model worthy type of person, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I also disagree with them that you know people do look up to you, so you got to also try and act a certain a certain way. So. That's what I say. Like, like I said, I mean, most of the kids, if not all of them, I, I haven't in my two years here in Elgin, I have not run into one that I'm like, I would have turned. Right. Um, and that, well, they are at home. Uh, yeah, but, 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 I mean, but they I'm are saying, at home. But yes, as but long as they're acting good, but, but, but happy. Right, right. <laughs> but if, yeah, if they can, if they know how to hide it and fake it, then <laughs> hey, that's even better. <laughs> I mean, that means that they're smart on every which way, and they'll be successful in life. But they are still kids, and they all have their. They're still growing up and learning. And right. And there are definitely times I'd like to choke mine down. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but he's a pretty good kid in public, so that's all I can ask most right. days. So after we left, uh, after we got to other podcasts the other day, I went home and I was thinking about something. And I, I called Jared, and I didn't realize what it was. It's all, it was almost just like eight something, right? And I called, I was, I was trying to get a number for the rodeo, right? Because we was trying to sell some tickets out there. And then uh, we got off, I got off to talking about Jace just being a monster. You know what I mean? <laughs> The kid's huge, man. Him yes. and Keith, like I was telling him, and I told you in a podcast, I didn't realize how big that kid was. You know, I knew how big Jace was. I didn't know how big Keith was. You know what I mean? Well, I, and I talked about that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you listened to it last night, week or not, but I mean, yeah. I mean, my my college offensive line, left side of my offensive line, was not as big as those two. Like I said, now part of that was the scheme type wise. of scheme wise and whatnot, but I mean, they they weren't. I mean, right. those two have a potential to play at the next level. I, I think uh, that's where, and I agree that those two, but I think that's to me, and, and looking back and, you know, being involved in Elgin football since 1990, um, you know, I, I graduated here in 95. And so um, thinking back to the players, we've had a, sporad- a spattering of people going on and play college and, and Coach Wyatt and the, and the coaches have continued that in small pockets. But I don't know that we've had as many potential college athletes on the field at one time as we do right now. Yeah. I think you can start looking. I know Matt's getting some great looks. Matt, yeah. Out uh, of Sola, the Crabtrees are getting some – are talking. Peyton Christians, I saw, had a great visit with the D3 school the other day. Keith's getting some very good looks and at some D2 schools, and then you start to get it into the junior class. And uh, with Trace and Colin and Jace and Shay, all these kids, I think Adam Eaton is going to get some looks. He's going to get his size. size. He's, yeah, he's, he's fitting that. And, you know, that that's the next level. They're really into the – uh, the measurements, and yeah. so he's going to get those looks. And so we have that ability for these kids. And I think ultimately that's what we're looking for is we want to create good citizens, 
but helping kids get on to play at the next level because I, I look at where I'm at today and a lot of my success in life, I think it's because of football. Yeah. I think it's the team aspect and, and understanding to work in something, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And, and all of that is football and, um, and seeing them do that and have that ability. And, uh, you know, the fun thing is, and it, we kind of laugh, you know, how much fun would it be if they could all end up somewhere to, at the same school? At some right. point? It's not going to happen. Uh, Nobody no. can do it. But right. if one or two of them end up at the same spot, because that's, that's that relationship they have. It's a relationship we have as parents and, and continue on and, and getting to build that. It'd just be fun. Yeah, I would say, I mean, and, and I'm not going to label every single one of them, but I would think there's 15. Oh, and we didn't, I'm going to get into the, the sophomore class now with right. Ritson and, and, yeah, and Brody. And then you start. Right. There's freshmen. I don't know if we've had as much pure athletic talent come up in a freshman class right. as we've seen. I mean, right. I, I was the one thing you went back to the scrimmage and I was thinking. Man, I don't know if I've seen as much team speed as we've had. No, as, I mean, I know as, they from were super to with, and with the the freshman running back and tuna. Yeah, and tuna, I mean, and, and tuna, right. talent, talent. But we got and then I mean, both go. Then you got Little Myers, yep, yep. Middle Myers. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be technical? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I think he's going to be the three or four middle linebacker. I mean, so he's yep. going to play a ton as a freshman, um, and he'll play some of that spot where Brody and Peyton are kind of playing the slot now. I mean, Brody, Brody's one that I think is going to have an absolute breakout season. He was great as a freshman, great safety as a freshman. But I think him now in that slot spot. Um, Still let him focus that athletic ability and, and really turn it loose. Yeah, because when he got in the open field last year on a punt return or two, on an interception or two, if we if we start getting him the ball in that slot spot, I think Brody's going to pop a lot this year. Um, and Peyton, too. I mean, Peyton's going to play some of that slot spot, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I, Brody's kind of my thought process right now, kind of maybe having that Ritson-type pop year like Ritson had last year. I, I compare Brody to what I was talking about Keith earlier. I mean, this will be year three of football. Right. He's still right. – he has right. less than, you know, 20 plays, 20 games under his belt right. from junior high and high school. And so it's a – there's a tremendous upside there when you start talking about kids like that. And right. and, and, and then you add on the, the character that he is, his mom and dad right. and the people. It's just fun to see those kids succeed and go out and compete and – and well, and, and just and, smile and do it. And I mean, him and Hunter back there. I mean, probably the two least imposing safeties in the state right. are probably two of the better safeties in the state. Um, they're super smart kids. They're always in the right spot. Hunter is with his wrestling background and things like that. I mean, is just uh, he was kind of one of those unsung guys last year. Didn't get kind of as much pub necessarily as Toby did and things like that because Toby was a senior. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those two guys back there, I mean, they could be the best tandem safety in the, in the state. Um, with the way, like I said, I mean, you got some you got some great kids in, at the Carl Alberts and some of those right. type of things, D1 kids and whatnot. Brody's only a sophomore. Brody, but you, but Brody could be any more kid. solid fundamental football Correct. than those two kids. Right, than the tandem of them yeah. together. Uh, and they and they complement each other well. Hunter's so smart and Hunter's so tough and whatever. And Brody's just kind of a freak of an athlete to a certain degree. And and like you said, doesn't even know football yet. Um, and that goes along. I mean, once he starts to learn the game, that's going to make him 
even right. even better. It'll be that old coach speak thing when the game starts slowing down for him. Right. Yeah, we talked to that's all we talked about last week with Trace. Yep, right. Um and that's where and that that's only gonna happen with Brody. And safety's a very similar spot to a quarterback spot because you can kind of see everything in front of right. No, Hunter Hunter's like, you know, obviously with wrestling, I know Hunter a lot, known him for a while, wow. like you have as well. But he's he's tough as nails, he's right. smart and such a good kid, man. Such yeah. a good kid too. Uh you know, he comes to practice, you know, helps. His dad's him. obviously yeah. bought in 100%. Oh, 100%. Too. Nate's yeah. a great guy, man. Yeah. Nate's a great guy. He is a really good dude. Uh, he's another old Elgin kid that yeah. he's the same age as my brother and sister. And so okay. he bounced back and forth between Elgin and Mac. And, uh, and I, I really, really proud of Nathan Jackson and what he's done with the, the wrestling program. Yeah. How he stepped in and the little league stuff. And again, kind of get to drag, be drug along and out along the yeah. way. And, and he helped guide him, and he did a great job with it. And and it's again, we're paying dividends for that from a good little league program to a, a state championship dual team. And um, again, probably a year early. Yeah. One thing uh, that I want to ask both of y'all, as far as questions goes, is uh, you know, the the obviously the towns behind the football team, you know, uh, and uh, our our kids are having interviews now and stuff like that. What do you think? Is there a need for media training for high school kids? Yes. To a certain degree. I don't think they need, you know, their own separate coaches and whatnot. The one thing I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily scared about any of our kids as far as when I talk to them or when in, in media outlets or anything. Because for the most part, all the kids that the media will talk to, I know the parents and I know that at home things are, you know, solid. Right. Everybody has their own it, whatever at home and things like that. But at the mo- for the most part, 95% of the across the board, everything's solid there. Um, the reason I say yes to that is... Kids, kids don't talk to adults often, and then kids don't always understand and realize that anything you tell to an adult that is potentially interviewing you, they will put in. So, might be something. Colin ran into it at our media day. Um, you know, asked what you potentially thought was a softball question, as far as. How is the team preparing? Or you know, uh, the question I think was somewhere along the lines of, "What does it feel like to be the hunted rather than the hunter now?" Right. Um, and I mean, I think if you would ask Colin today, he probably would have took the answer back. I think if you would ask Coach White, he probably would take the answer back because he made a comment that I think he can back up. But he also made a comment that potentially led to some bulletin board material where he made the comment of, it's kind of cool now because, I mean, obviously everybody thought we were going to be a pushover, but now everybody's scared to play us. Right. Yeah. A different wording of that, you know. And it's hard to teach kids how to answer questions. So, I mean, even if you do have media training, that type of stuff could come out. I don't think he meant it in a nefarious, we're better than y'all, y'all should be scared of me talk. Right. But if I'm a coach for Mac, I'm probably playing that clip, 
during Elgin Week and saying, are we scared to play them? Yeah. They think we're scared to play them now. This little 4A school who yeah. just moved up. You know, and, and like I said, innocent as it can be. And like I said, Kyle, and I mean, Colin didn't think twice about it. Um, so I think, I, I think maybe, yeah. But it's, it's also kind of their kids. I mean, what else are we going to throw on their plate to make them adults? I mean, and I mean, a lot of times those those get have to get approved through either the administration or the coach. So I think the coach can do a good job of always putting the ones that he knows are more comfortable with it. Right. Keith Keith's fine with it. Keith can talk to anybody in in America and have no problem with it. Jace is fine with it. Jace, you know, can can whatever. Trace. I'm not sure. I mean, Chase, Trace is a little bit of more of a quiet kid, reserved kid to, compared to some of the other ones. Um, but he's an old coach's kid and things like that. So I think he would know – he would probably stick to some of the coach speak and, and, like you said, kind of stick to some of that type of stuff. So I think some of it's on the adults in the room to right. make sure that you put the right kids in the right positions. Um, because adding a media training to it, I mean, I, now you're asking – I mean, they're not getting at least an Elgin, right? You know, now you get a kid that let's say like a Richard Meyer who is now going to be a sophomore had an unbelievable freshman year. He might start getting some national publicity as far as uh, you know three star, four star, five star type of right. Now, if that's the case, then maybe maybe you need to because now national media is going to come in and try and start talking to mama and daddy and to him and this, that, and the other. And that may be a little bit different. You get some of the, like, I, I think it's more of an individual type of deal. I don't think you need to do it across the board for a whole entire team. But if you have a kid, and, and we did the same thing in college. I mean, we had kids that I was, that I played with in college that had no business of being in front of a microphone. <laughs> and coach knew that. And, you right. know, when they, when they, you know, some of them were our better kids and, you know, it would get thrown up be like, Hey, we need this kid. And, you know, and they're like, or if it was, okay, we're going to take this one and you need to bring Vincent along with him or you need to bring this kid along with him. And this, right. cause we don't want you in the room alone with him. Cause they just couldn't handle it because right. you know there's no telling what's going to come out of their mouth. Um, so like I said, a lot of it has to do with the adults in the room yeah. to make sure that, that they're putting, the high school set kids them up for success. set them up for success. Um, but the only thing, I, the only time I think you potentially need to kind of coach it a little bit is when you get a kid that's going to get some national publicity that it's not going to be. Because even I mean, I guess you could say I'm a media guy to a certain degree. I mean, I'm only going to talk to the kids that like. Hey, I'm going to go through trauma for anything. I'm not going to pull a kid off to the side and you know I might say hey to Jace at a baseball game stuff like that. But anything Jace tells me. I'm not going to go and report or say on a on a broadcast unless I know that it's kind of been approved or it's kind of coach speak and some of that type of stuff. Because I don't, there's no reason to throw a 15, 16, 17 year old kid under the bus if you said something, you know, off color a little. Uh, but if you if you, if you get to that national stage where you're a four or five star kid, then maybe you might want to bring somebody in. But but I don't think it needs to be taught across the board to an entire team. Um, because I think you could take some of your your core kids that we're talking about, and and, I, and we've actually talked about this a little bit at home. I think you give them some general guidelines, and I'm, and I'm not talking formal 
you got to look this way, do this. Yeah. But, you know, to me, I've always viewed it, and it's a lot like my job being a firefighter, but um, football is a team game. And, um, and what I talked to, to Jace about is if you're being interviewed, it's you're already the star of that situation. You're right. whatever that is. And he's probably not because there's not a whole lot of uh, <laughs> offensive linemen getting that interview after the game. But, you know, whenever what it is, Trace or Adesola or uh, Matt, you know, I think it is nice for that team aspect. You know, Matt has a great game. There ought to be some things thrown out there about offensive yeah, line, the coach yeah. is calling a good game, receivers blocking for me downfield. The, the focus is already on Matt, and I'm not singling Matt out by any means. I'm just giving a, a, an instance. And I think some general things like that, and it, it's just good to pay your teammates back for that because it takes 11 guys every play doing the right thing, and that's how you have success. And I think some general guidelines – could really help all the kids maybe do a little better. But, well, but I don't know about formal training. I agree. I don't yeah. think that's what we're talking about. Well, it's, a lot but, of, like, even, even last even yes, last night, I mean, Mike and – They did very well. And, and yeah, Trey did, did fine. I mean, and, and they – Trey did a great job with a – the December, we talked about the December 3rd answer. But he also did, like I said, and we talked about that other answer where he gave where he's, you know – you know, receivers, are you in the huddle, you know, telling Trace, oh, I'm going to be open on this play. And he was like, no, I trust Trace. He's always going to find the right person open. And, right. you know, and I mean, like I said, that comes from the adults in the room. <laughs> because obviously, you know, if Trey, if Trey has ever been like, I was open on that play, you know, Castro or, or Trump or somebody said, well, so is Mike. And that's why he threw the ball to Mike. So shut up and right. stop being a diva. Or whatever, you know, whatever those words are. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Like Maybe the word is guidance, not training, is what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Coach Chalmers, uh, you know, he, he he talked about that a little bit when he talked about recruiting and stuff like that. You know, like social media. I think all media has to be encompassed and talked about at some point. But like you said, the adults in the room are probably gonna handle that and talk to them and stuff. Uh, uh, but you know, then again, Jared, I mean, you were saying the same thing with guidance. You know, what I mean, guidance is probably the the, the better word. I do think it's. Uh, I personally. Uh, I never had no experience in doing any of this. Uh, I found when I started, uh, the more I tried to write a script down or something like that, the less authentic it was. So that could be an overcoaching type thing. So yeah. I stopped doing it that yeah. way. I got bullet points and stuff that I want to talk about. But other, I mean, we come in, we talk, stuff that comes up, we go from there. But and it gets it gets better with experience. Oh, 100 percent. It's more as, genuine when it's that yeah, way. As a fire chief, I mean, I'm sure you get interviewed. A decent amount of KSWO and some of that type of stuff. And I mean, it gets better with experience. I mean, microphones got thrown in my face when I was 15, 16 years old, being a high school quarterback and things like that, and being a decent recruit. And I said things at 14, 15, 16 years old that looking back on it now, it was like, oh, that was dumb. You know, you know, but but by the time I got, you know, and then by the time I got to college, I was better. And then, I'm no season pro now, but at the end of the day, I mean, if, like, I still do interviews with KSWO for some of the boards and things like that that I'm on. Um, and then, and then, like I said, being at OSN, I'm constantly on air and things like that. I mean, that's all live. So, I mean, you kind of learn to kind of – some of it comes with experience, but like I said, guidance is is the best part. And I mean, it all starts kind of with your home training to a certain degree because, yeah, all those kids on the team have Facebook pages, have Twitter no, pages, that's, and that's that's a big. But we talked about it last we week. Have that. We talked about it last week with Noble. Yeah, I mean, they were wearing it. But they were wearing his hat on. Yeah, I mean, Noble last year after. I mean, so that's going to be a big game for a lot of these kids yeah. because that kid. And when they played him in baseball, that was a big deal mm-hmm. because 
that, you know, as soon as they won that game, the kid was all over, you know, Twitter or wherever he was, TikTok or whatever, you know, making yeah. fun of Elgin and this, that, and the other. So, I mean. Well, I think, I think a lot of that stuff, too, is, like, I think about that stuff, but kids nowadays grew up with social media, so they're going to have a better idea. But, like, right. I can't look at myself, you know, when I was, you know, that age, what would I do with Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff? Uh, I don't know. I would have been in trouble. Oh, if we you had know, social media when I was in college, I, would, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would have made it through the year. <laughs> uh, well, y'all, we've been going for about an hour and a half right now. Uh, so about this point, Jared, is there anything that uh, you want to say, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to, you would like to end it on? I just think we got to continue to invest in our kids, and I think that's what athletics is about. Um, you, you get into debates, you hear different things, but um, all in all, I think the athletic program, uh, the football program, it's all about making better citizens. And you, you can't learn everything in life about it out of a, a school book. Yeah. And I think that's really where um, football is, is filling that gap. We're talking about football right now, but it's really all sports. And, and really just invite Elgin out. Whoever's listening to this, if you want to have some fun on a Friday night, We'll see you next Friday, September 1st. Uh, yep. I challenge you to get there early because <laughs> seats are going to go quick, and we, and we made more room. You know, yeah, we moved the band, band down, yeah. and uh, I'm excited to be able to hear the band down where they're at. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's hard up in the booth to hear. Uh, Vincent can probably yeah. say that. You're right up above them. The sound's going away from you. So we're going to hear them. Um, uh, bring your jugs if you got them. We, we made 100 jugs the other day, and um, I hear there may be a shirt being made, and it, it may be a little bit of tongue-in-cheek shirt, but – there, there may be a Shake Your Jug shirt coming with <laughs> Elgin Jugs on it. And uh, I think it's something we're being known by. And I think it's great to have the crowd support. I know Midwest City loved our jugs. And um, yeah. so we're uh, we're excited about making noise and, and putting Elgin on the map in football in 5A this year. Shake Your Jug shirt. I want one. <laughs> <laughs>